0: Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast.
1: Back and better than ever, Greeny with you, presented by Progressive Insurance. My guests on the Goodyear hotline, oh, what a weekend. The best in memory, and it lives up to the hype. Phil turns back time. I went to a ball game, and every team in the NBA was on the floor in the last 48 hours. We've got you covered. Bubba, here we go. Here we go.
0: Only one place to start.
1: And I'll tell you, the one place I would never have imagined that we would be starting today would be with the PGA Championship, despite my love for golf. But nor would I have imagined that Phil Mickelson would do what he did over the weekend, making history in every single way. And it was electric. It was sensational. It was memorable. It was spectacular. And I could just continue listing words here as we talk about it. But let me give you my straight talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. My number one most important takeaway from what we saw was that what Phil reminded us all of this weekend, when you saw the reaction of the galleries and when you saw the reaction of those who were near him and when you saw the reaction on Twitter, not just from famous people like Tiger Woods and Tom Brady, but just from everybody who's ever cared about the game of golf at all. What we were reminded of, once again, is that for all athletes, if you spend your lifetime demonstrating to the fans that you care about them, they will love you forever. And that is a lesson that I hope all sports people will take from this weekend. Not just that Phil did what he did at the age of 50, which is remarkable and historic and wonderful. And from a purely sporting standpoint, meaning from what it meant for the game of golf itself, it's obviously extraordinary. He sets the record. He is now the oldest major champion in the history of the sport and will be, I think, for a very long time. But to me, that isn't even the most important thing that happened. The most important thing that happened to me was the love that came back in his direction. And that happened for one reason and one reason only, because he has earned it. He has spent his entire professional career demonstrating that the fans matter to him. And there could be no greater juxtaposition than him walking up that 18th fairway yesterday in a throng just surrounded by people with Brooks Kepka. Now again, I am in no way happy that Brooks Kepka seems to have gotten hit in his surgically uh you know repaired knee. No one wants to see an athlete in their on on their field of play, whatever that might be, not be completely physically safe. And that scene certainly did look like it got away from them a little bit yesterday, and I'll address that part of it in a minute. But purely from an an, an adoration standpoint, Brooks Kepka, who was a brilliant player and who's someone I've never met in my life, so I don't have anything negative to say about him. But he has made it very clear for the five or six years that he has been a significant figure in the sport that he doesn't give a damn what anybody thinks of him. He doesn't care if people like him or not. He doesn't care about people at all. And maybe he cares about the people in his life, but he doesn't care what people think about him. He has no interest in sending back any of the adoration or admiration that people would like to send to him. Phil Mickelson earned the reaction he got yesterday every bit as much as he earned the win, and I promise you that meant every bit as much to him. Straight talk wireless, no contract, no compromise. I, I spent a day with Phil Mickelson years ago. This was in uh, 2017. It was it was the the women's uh, PGA Championship was being played in the suburbs of Chicago, and KPMG, which is Phil's sponsor. Um, Hired me to do a day with him where he was on Michigan Avenue. We were on Michigan Avenue together. We were giving out tickets, trying to get people excited about going out there and all of that. And when I tell you, so I witnessed this up close and personal. Phil Mickelson on Michigan Avenue. This isn't on a golf course, this is on Michigan Avenue interacting with everyone smiling taking pictures just doing the easiest stuff in the world to do behaving like a human being just behaving like a normal person just behaving like yeah it matters to me this person is excited to see me and smiling I will wave back I will smile back it didn't take anything away from what he was there to do I'm not suggesting it's always easy to behave that way. I know that professional athletes, like all other people, have good days and bad. And you catch them on a bad day, and that memory sticks with you forever. I get it. But what I am saying is that I've seen up close and personal the way Phil Mickelson behaves with his fans. And that's why everybody loved him so much. I will also tell you one other quick story about him, and then I will get on to some of the other things that happened this weekend. But when we were getting ready to launch Get Up, so this was over the week of Christmas uh, at the end of 2017, I called Phil because I was trying my vision for it then. We didn't wind up doing any of this, by the way, but my vision for it was that we would have a a, a small group of huge stars in their respective sports that would be regular contributors. And Alex Rodriguez was going to be from baseball, And I forget who else we had from basketball and football, whatever it was, we were going to have a small cadre of like legends in their sport who would become someone who would commit to doing maybe 12 days a year with us. Just whenever they're in town, stop on by and you're on the show with us. It never happened. But it was the vision that I had for it at the time. And I called Phil and asked him if he'd be willing to do that. And I will never forget what he said to me. He said, Greeny, I like the idea. Keep me in mind for that. 10 years from now, but he said the difference between Alex Rodriguez and some of the other guys you're talking about and me is that their careers are done and I'm still going to win on the golf course. I'm still going to be winning majors. I'm still going to be playing in Ryder Cups. I'm nowhere near done. And I remember thinking to myself, two things, one, he's delusional. (laughs) There's no way in hell he's doing that. He was 48 years old at the time. Two, that's how you get to be Phil Nicholson. by genuinely believing that at a time when no one else in their right mind would have believed it. So am I surprised that Phil did what he did? The answer is very definitively yes, and at the same time, very definitively no. I am Greeny, presented by Progressive's Home Insurance. Get your quote at Progressive.com today. All right, Hembo said something interesting to me this morning as I bring the members of the hashtag crew in, coming off of what really was the best sports weekend we've had this year, and thus the best sports weekend that we've had in well over a year. Hembo said to me, this feels like the weekend sports came back. And in some ways, I kind of agree with that. But in other ways, and I will bring Bubba and uh, Nuno into the conversation on this, it's fascinating to me, Hembo, that you notice that, considering what can only be described from your wife's Instagram as the drunk fest Mm. that you seem to be attending. Uh, Anyone who follows Hembo on social media or follows his wife— it was, from what I could gather, it was your wife's thirtieth birthday party. It was, and it was a freaking festival of drunkenness <laughs> in someone's backyard. And you look—I've never seen you like that. You look like a lunatic. Celebrating. I don't know what was going on, but how did you pay attention to any of the sports, considering you were multiple? Three is not enough sheets to the wind that you appeared to be. Well, I, I had
2: to check in. You know, the morning after it was our backyard. I think the game that you were watching us play was something called Musical Flip Cup, which requires a DJ. It requires. A flip cup obviously requires a lot of drinking and also you get down to one knee at one point there's dancing around a table it was um it was a, a tad bit excessive but from what I hear it was a great weekend in
1: sports <laughs> that's right so basically Hembo says it felt like the weekend that sports came back and from what he's told it all turned out really well but I'm telling you right now if you see that if you see the videos as I have seen them Hembo looked like he was two steps above comatose so I will come to Bubba instead hashtag Bubba who many may not know but he was was a news director at many major metropolitan newspapers over the years before he came to radio and thus his news judgment um is is second to none it is it is extraordinary and can um can absolutely not in any way be questioned so I will ask you bubba of all the things that happened in sports this weekend which one stood out to you which one was you were you the most into this weekend
0: uh well it wasn't the Mets losing 2 of 3 to the Marlins i would think not not that uh, you know, I was I was locked into the NBA
1: playoffs. You know, no no specific game, but I was enjoying the... of the eight games. How many did you watch?
0: Um.
1: I'd say uh, five, probably five. Okay, that's pretty good. That's a good percentage. More than me. And consi- <laughs> More than <laughs> me. For the handball, they were on, but he didn't watch them. Um, that's a good percentage considering the weather, too. It was beautiful, 90-degree sunny days, both days here in this area of the country where we live. So Bubba was inside watching five of eight basketball games. Nunu, I, uh, Nuno, I come to you. What were you most into? What were you locked into this weekend of all the great sporting events?
0: Well, it was the Knicks, obviously, but also the soccer, and we'll get into that later, obviously, of course. When you uh, say
1: later, you mean we'll get into that sometime after the show ends? Listen, what do you mean? I we'll just get say into later.
0: later. I'm teasing it for all the guys, or all our listeners that <laughs> want to talk about the EPL and La Liga. Later.
1: Well, what happened in EPL and La Liga? No, just give us 15 the, seconds.
0: Atletico won. Chelsea and Liverpool made the uh, made the Champions League for next year, Juventus made the Champions League for next year, and there you go. Okay, fair enough. Uh, that was second on
1: my list. Uh, I was For me, it was the PGA and then that. It was Atletico winning over the weekend. Um, and then all of the basketball. And I was there last night. I have a lot to say about it. But first things first, we want to hear from you today. If this really was the weekend that sports came back, give me your hottest take from all the things you saw Over the weekend, everything from international soccer to national basketball, to golf, to baseball, to whatever it is you liked. Give me your hottest take at 888-SAY-ESPN. Your takes are next as we get this thing rolling on a Monday. Greeny on ESPN Radio. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Greeny, the podcast. Oh, yes, Greeny, back on this. The weekend that sports came back. Presented by Progressive Insurance, guests on the Goodyear Hotline, your hot takes to start the party in just a moment. Just joining me because we're going to be moving quickly today. I gave you my Phil stuff off the bat. I was at my first sporting event in well over a year last night. Stories from that are coming up and sort of the emotional reaction I had to it. Plus, all the NBA is on the way. But I'm going to give you your chance to chime in before anything else. I want your hot takes in 30 seconds from the weekend in sports. After these 30 seconds from ZipRecruiter. Good news, baseball fans. You're allowed to attend games this year. Sometimes you're sitting in pods with a group. Businesses everywhere are making that gradual shift towards normalcy. And that means more hiring. And that's where ZipRecruiter comes in. ZipRecruiter's matching technology finds people with the right experience for your job and invites them to apply. It's no wonder four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Right now, you can try ZipRecruiter free only at ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny and ZipRecruiter.com slash G-R-E-E-N-Y. All right, we're dialing it up here for your hot takes. If you can get past Bubba, you can get on the air with us. Bubba, who's first up with us today? Yeah, first we have Caleb. All right, Caleb, give me a hot take.
2: Hey Greeny, this is going to sound very bandwagonish after what happened yesterday, but I thought this before the series started. If the Jazz do not get Donovan Mitchell, the Memphis Grizzlies are by far the better team and will win in 5 or 6.
1: Yeah, that's really something. Memphis has been red hot. They've now won three straight playoff games. They're not going to count as playoff games, but beating San Antonio when a one and done going on the road and beating Steph in overtime and then quick turnaround and knocking off Utah. Yes. The jazz are playing without Donovan Mitchell. Do I think the Grizzlies have a chance to win that series? Yes. Mm. I'm going to say it coming up. I'm I'm not going to ruin it now. I've got a hot take coming up on them in a few minutes, but the, the headline is ignore Memphis at your own risk. Everybody does, but they're legit. Who's next? Bubba. Next up is Dax. Dax, you're on ESPN Radio. Give me a hot take.
2: Greeny, Clippers messed up. I taking taking the last two games to play the Mavericks, I got Luka and KP sweeping them in four games.
1: Yes. Yes, sir. And that way, you know what will happen is that Kawhi is going to have to play every game, too. He's going to be exhausted <laughs> playing four straight games. I mean, can he do that? to look this up. I'm not sure if he's allowed to play in four consecutive games. That to me was the the headline of the weekend. Dallas winning game one means the Clippers can't load manage the series. They have no ability to get any rest for their stars in this series, despite the fact that they didn't play an entire week. No, you're 100% right. And another one of my hot takes, again, you're all taking my takes, which is the beauty of this. But someone tell me why I shouldn't say Luka Doncic right now is the best offensive player in the world. Someone tell me why I shouldn't say it. Kevin Durant's the best scorer. LeBron James, Steph Curry, all the rest of that. Tell me right now who you're taking to start your team ahead of Luka Doncic. I'm waiting. Greenie on ESPN Radio. Hot takes from you. Bubba, who's next? Let's go to Ben. Ben, you're on with us. Ben, give me a hot take.
2: Well, it's going to sound like a Homer thing, but the uh, crowd back at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway watching qualifications this week was amazing. It was great.
1: I'm glad to hear it. And listen, I I can tell you from firsthand experience now, and and again, I hate to keep teasing forward, but I'm going to get deeply into this experience. I was at a game last night with 15,000 other people. And it's been a very long time, obviously, since any of us have done anything like that. And I have a million different thoughts that we'll get to, but I'm sure wherever it is you are, and a lot of folks obviously have been going to baseball games and at the Indy 500, God bless you, the race is coming up, obviously. Um, I'm sure it is special to be back amongst all the people. It, it, it is a great, great feeling. Uh, Bubba, who's next? Next up we have Jay. Jay, give me a hot take.
2: Hey, Green, I'm honored to talk to you ever listening to you since I was a kid. Uh, my hot take is that Golf is so growing so much in popularity, especially because of the
1: pandemic. after seeing the eighteenth hole yesterday, I think it's slowly on its way to overtake a sport like baseball or hockey in in the u s well, uh, if by slowly you mean it'll never happen, then I agree with you and thank you, Jay, for the call, and I love you and i i I meant that to be funny. I hope that didn't sound nasty. <laughs> um, the problem with it is that there's no one yes. Has golf had a resurgence in popularity, uh, uh, particularly as a recreational activity based on the pandemic? Yes. Are more people watching it? Yes. That's what the numbers seem to suggest. Do I believe that it surpasses in terms of, of fandom in this country? Certainly not baseball or hockey. Because what I'll say is there are two players on planet Earth that could have created that scene yesterday. And one of them may never play again. Look, I mean, let's be real here. I hope Tiger Woods can play again. But before he can play again, he's got to walk again. So, I mean, I think there's legitimate reason to believe that we will never see that moment again for Tiger. I hope to God that he we do. And the other one is Phil, who's 50 years old. So, I mean, you know, you need, in order for the sport to have that kind of future in front of you, you need people who are 20-something years old. And if that walk yesterday is being made by Jordan Spieth, Rory McElroy, Dustin Johnson, anyone else who you might consider to be the other biggest stars of the sport, you're not getting that reaction. Phil and Tiger are two of two in this country. They're like, they're like Serena Williams. There's no other player that's going to create that reaction in that sport, uh, and certainly not in this country. So they, they, these are very unique. This was a moment where the star, you know, actually it was a smart text. Uh, Nick Khan, my old agent, uh, sent me a text yesterday while this was happening that I think was a really smart way of putting it. He said, the individual sports are all about the individuals. Go figure. And that's what it was. Yesterday was less about golf than it was about Phil. Mm. Now, again, for me, it's about golf. I love golf. I love it as much as I've ever loved anything. But that was about Phil more than it was about the sport. All right, Bubba, give me one more. Let's go to David. David, give me a hot take. Greeny,
2: hot take this morning. The PGA Tour has never been in a better place. you got so many great young players that are polarizing, but you still have an older guy like Mickelson who's relevant. Um, And I just think the tour right now and the game is is, as popular as it's
1: ever been. Okay, good. I I, I hope you're right. I mean, listen, you're talking about my favorite sport. Here's what I'll say. I would love nothing more than to live in a world, and thank you for the calls here, and I have a million things I want to jump to, but we will have time for more as we go. I'd love to live in a world where I could come on. I do a two-hour television show every morning and then a two-hour radio show right after it. I'd love to spend a ton of my time talking about golf. I'd love it. I'm watching it every weekend. I'm watching them regardless of where they are, whether Phil Mickelson is winning a major or someone that most people have never heard of. Xander Shoffley is, is, you know, winning the Valspar. I'm watching. I'd love to live in a world where I could then come on the air on Monday and spend a bunch of time talking about that. But I don't live in that world. Do I know? I think golf is an, is a niche sport. Um, it's, it, the niche is growing. I think that's wonderful news for all of us who love it. And I hope that continues. Um, do I think the sport is in a great place? Yes. With young stars, absolutely. But I don't know that anyone moves that right now, no one moves the needle. Look, give Jordan Spieth 20 years and let him still be doing what Phil's doing. And maybe, you know, maybe that will be. But, you know, Phil, all of a sudden we're having conversations about him with, with um, Tom Brady and, and, and LeBron James and all these guys doing what they're doing at these older ages. So, we'll see. Thank you so much for the hot takes. They were awesome, and I appreciate it. Those are yours. Now it's my turn to give you mine. Greenie's Takes. All right. I'm going to give you, first and foremost, my takes from the NBA playoffs because all 16 teams played over the weekend. I will give you my top five takes. From the weekend's playoff game. Number five. The Lakers are not in trouble. They're not in trouble. They lost game ones last year as well. They lost game one in round one. They lost game one in round two. Now there was no such thing as home court advantage last year. Because they were playing in a bubble. But in this case there is. And they haven't even lost that. We're accustomed to LeBron opening the playoffs at home. They opened on the road yesterday. They've lost One game in a best of seven on the road in which Anthony Davis played as badly as he is capable of playing. Am I concerned we will see that again? No. Do I believe the Lakers are in trouble? No. Do I believe the Lakers will win game two? Yes. Do I believe they still win that series in six? Yes. If you thought they were just going to run through the Suns, then you weren't paying attention in the first place. The Lakers haven't been playing much and haven't been playing that well, and the Suns are good, much better than almost anyone gives them credit for being. This was not going to be an easy series no matter what, but the Lakers are still going to win it.
0: Number four,
1: Trey Young played huge last night, and Julius Randle didn't, and that is how the Atlanta Hawks knocked off the Knicks in a game that I attended, and I will talk a little more about the experience of being there in a minute, but... At the end of the day, my big takeaway is you cannot win playoff games by trying harder than the other team. Tom Thibodeau's Knicks won the city over and people love them because they work so hard. But at the end of the day, they're a team that is missing some pieces. They don't have anyone who's going to knock down threes if Randall's not knocking them down. You look on the other side, you can't leave Trey Young for a second. You can't leave Bogdanovich for a second. They have a bunch, Herder is not, they've got a bunch of guys who are just going to make threes. And they've got a guy who can get his own shot anytime he wants it. And Trey Young, how many uncontested drives to the basket did Young get last night? I was unbelievably impressed with Young. 22 points, excuse me, 22 years of age. They're chanting at him the entire night. He took on that entire crowd. And when I tell you, that building felt like Game 7 of the NBA Finals. Just the enthusiasm of people to be back. Like, I haven't been at a game in a while. I'm sure this is the way it is everywhere. People are so excited to be back in. But in this case, this is the first time the Knicks have been in the playoffs in eight years. So the the confluence of circumstances, the atmosphere last night was unbelievable in the garden. And Trey Young just looked at everybody square in the face and said, I'm the best player on this court. And he was. And for the Knicks to be able to get back in the series, in which I do believe they are in some trouble now, Julius Randle has to become the best player. Julius Randle, as the fans are chanting MVP at him last night, did not play that way. And Trey Young did. And that's the difference in game one of that series. We'll see. Again, I have many more thoughts on being there coming up. Number three. But my number three take is the, the Nets are what we thought they were. And here's what they are. You cannot play the Nets for 40 minutes, and they will beat you in the other eight they will do things that happen in eight minutes in which you can't come back. Like they are capable. This is going to sound like an exaggeration, but in watching them in that second half on Saturday night, I'm out, you know, for an early dinner, a couple of drinks. I'm not, not in the Hembo festival Mm -hmm. kind of state of mind, but you know, I was feeling pretty good. And I watched the second half of that game and I'm watching this. I'm thinking to myself, no one can stop these guys. They they cannot be stopped. And Boston is probably the worst team they'll play, you know, through this playoff run. But they're not terrible, and they can't. no one can do anything with these guys. The Nets are capable of scoring 40 points in an eight-minute stretch. They're capable of scoring 40 points in an eight-minute stretch if they have to. And if they do that, you can't beat them. So I don't think anyone beats them. I think we saw the makings of it. I, I, someone said it last week. I think it was Legler. Someone said it on the TV show last week, and I agree with it. The only team that can beat the Nets is the Nets. The Nets will have to implode. For them not to win the championship. Greeny on ESPN Radio. Hot takes Number two. from the NBA. Number two, ignore Memphis at your own risk. The league does. Memphis is the land of load management. Everybody load manages that game. But they've got John Morant, who is a superstar. They've now won three straight playoff games. San Antonio, Golden State, Utah. And they're still in diapers. They're one of the youngest teams ever to make the playoffs. If Donovan Mitchell doesn't come back... Utah could lose this series as a one seed, but the larger issue is Memphis is coming. Memphis is coming. That kid Morant is unbelievably good, and the world is taking notice. He stared Steph Curry square in the face on Friday and said, oh, yeah, I'm here too, and he, this is a coming out. I mean, he is really, really good. So... Ignore Memphis at your own risk. They could win this series, and even if they don't, they are going to be a team to be reckoned with in the near future. Number one. but Number one, someone tell me why I shouldn't say Luka Doncic is the best player in the world. Someone tell me. He has played seven playoff games in his career. He has had three triple-doubles in those seven playoff games. Two of them were at least 30 points in the triple-double. Only LeBron James and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar did that at the age of 22. Only those two had 30-point, multiple 30-point triple-doubles in the playoffs by the time they were 22 years old. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and LeBron James, who are both on everyone's Mount Rushmore of basketball history and Luka Doncic. That is what we're talking about. So someone tell me why I shouldn't say, Right now, if you're just looking to win, he's as good as anybody in the sport. Those are my hot takes. But then I want to talk about the experience of last night from a variety of different perspectives and a variety of different reasons. So um, I was at the game last night. Uh, By the way, it was in so many ways a strange experience. The confluence of emotions that I had were bizarre. So... All happening at once, you got 15,000 people, the biggest indoor gathering in New York since the pandemic began. So there's a euphoric feeling in that building. And people who don't know New York sports, the Knicks are the most beloved team. And they've been so bad for so long that it is impossible to describe, to say that the Knicks fans are hungry. They're starving, okay? I mean, whatever the ultimate in starving is, that's what they are. So I think the confluence of circumstances created an atmosphere in that building that legitimately felt, I've been to many, many NBA Finals games. I've never been to an, an environment that was decidedly more electric than last night. There's something about that building that is special. There is also something about that building that is very special personally to me. And I've said this before. The Garden is my youth. The Garden is where I grew up as a sports fan. You know, when I was a kid, we had tickets to the Jets and to the Knicks. Now, the Jets, uh, that's seven games a year in my childhood, eight games a year. And right in the middle of my childhood, they changed stadiums. (laughs) They went from Shea Stadium to Giant Stadium. For the Knicks... They always played in that same building. And even though they've done uh, some remodeling in that arena, it's still the same place. It's still the same place. So there's a part of me for which that is very much being at home. And then I will also tell you that taking my son Steve to the game last night, this was the first time the Knicks had been in the playoffs since my dad died. And the last playoff game I went to, I I was sitting in the same spot that I sat yesterday. Our our radio station in New York City has a a box, and they were nice enough to give me seats. So it was literally the same seats that we sat in last time, and it was me, Stevie, and my dad last time. And, you know, he wasn't there last night, of course. So that was a very strange emotional experience for me, and I'm sure anyone who has lost someone very close to them and again, it's been years now. I, I, I'm not trying to make this into a maudlin conversation. It isn't one. But it hits you in moments when you're not expecting it. And I wasn't expecting it. I don't know why I didn't think of it, but it didn't. I didn't think of it. Somehow... The excitement of going to the game, of of the you know sort of feeling like it's kind of an unofficial ending of the pandemic for the family, and and you know what's going to see it, and the cra- craziness of the crowd, and oh by the way, like before the game begins, I'm sitting there and I've, I'm watching Phil on the phone, <laughs> like I've got my I've, you know like 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 you know the the, the ups are going on, and I'm trying to watch Phil Mickelson, you know, winning the PGA at the same time, and Stephen A. is sitting in the box with us, and I mean to sit with Stephen A. at a Nick game is is like being with Elvis, <laughs> so people are losing their minds and then at one point it just hit me it it just it just hit me and um it was a a moment that i just needed to sort of sit very quietly and 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 think and i didn't say anything um but i just wanted to share that because i'm sure a lot of people have had that and it's one of the things about sports that i think bind us you know you're with me here today on this show you're listening to me right now because we've lived through all this stuff together, because sports is really important to me and they're really important to you. And that's why, because of the connection that it is to the people around us that we love. So I'm, I'm, I'm guessing you've had that experience, too. And it's a different one than I've ever had. I'd never really had it the way I had it yesterday. So I just wanted to share that because I'm guessing it's something that people could relate to. And of all the things about last night, and it was wonderful for me to be with Stevie and it was wonderful to be back at the Garden and it was wonderful to be at a playoff game and everything else, that was the part that will stay with me. So I just wanted to share that thought with you. We will pause on that thought as we continue a lot to do today, uh, including Hembo in his glory for all the wrong reasons uh, and why today is a huge day in one NFL city. That is next after this moment for some straight talk. You know, yeah, saving money feels good, clearly. But cutting your wireless bill in half, that feels really good. Like walk-off home run in the ninth inning, good. With Straight Talk, you can get 25 gigs of high-speed data for 45 bucks a month, up to 50% less than the other guys, plus no contract, all on America's best networks. Why pay a whole lot when you can pay half? Straight Talk Wireless, no contract, no compromise. Back in a moment on ESPN Radio. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Greeny, the podcast. Rolling along, Greeny with you on ESPN Radio, and delighted you are there. I'll explain to you in just a moment why Hembo is in his glory on a day that comes off a weekend in which we had eight NBA playoff games, all the hockey playoffs, a ton of baseball, which we'll get to in just a moment, and Phil Mickelson winning the PGA Championship at the age of 50. So not a lot of football to get to, you wouldn't think. But this is a very big football day, and I will tell you why. Today, the Green Bay Packers begin their OTAs, which are voluntary. So Aaron Rodgers is not – it is not mandatory. He is – it is not – necessary, what's the word I'm looking for, mandatory, that that he attend. But he always has in the past. So as they go on the practice field today without him for the first time, it is that, them going on the practice field without him for the first time. And so Jordan Love, who never even dressed for a game last year and had no preseason, had basically no um, opportunity to develop, he gets the ball today and he gets to be the first-team quarterback. And how that goes – Will it have any bearing on how the thing plays out with Rodgers? My gut feeling is no. I think they want Rodgers back in the worst possible way, no matter what they get from Jordan Love. And I think his decision on what he wants to do going forward will have nothing to do with Jordan Love. So the Jordan Love of it all is just important unto itself. But as far as Rodgers is concerned, I I think this is important. Is this the first day of the rest of their lives? They go out on the practice field with someone other than Aaron Rodgers as their number one quarterback. Is that going to be their lives going forward? It's a big day. We'll keep a very close eye on it. Meanwhile, green light. light with greeny. I'm going to give Hembo the green light for a weekend recap brought to you by Credit Karma. Visit creditkarma.com slash winmoney to open your free account and start winning instant karma. Credit, karma, money. Progress starts here. Hembo, give me the three things from baseball every fan needs to know coming out of this jam-packed weekend. Go.
2: Greeny, the Yankees asserted themselves as the clear team to beat in the American League. They outscored the White Sox, who came in with the best record in the American League, 14-5. to in a three-game sweep, Greeny, and the starters, the Yankee starters throughout those three uh, throughout those three games, through 19 scoreless innings. The
1: Yankees' starting pitching has been flat out. Uh, dominant over the last absolutely. couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. And we wondered last week when this was happening, well, they're playing a bad Rangers team. Is that part of it? Now you can't say that. They were playing a good White Sox team, and they shut them down.
2: This was the best lineup in the American League. We gave you numbers on Friday demonstrating that, and the Yankees starters had no issue cutting through those guys.
1: So the Yankees staked their claim to being the team to beat in the American League. That's number one. What's number two? Number two is that Fernando Tatis
2: reminded us that he is absolutely capable of being the best baseball player in the world. In a three-game series against Seattle, he went 7-for-2. with three homers, including a grand slam, 10 RBI and two stolen bases in a sweep. That team's won nine straight. They now own the best record in baseball, the San Diego Padres.
1: And Tatis is just, he's beautiful to watch. I saw you posted something about that, and I agree with you. Mm. He's very aesthetically pleasing to watch. We will have to have a a separate debate about your use of, of RBI in the singular, which drives me insane but that's neither here nor there. Ten RBIs is, is ten RBIs. It's not ten RBI.
2: Is it runs batted in or runs batted in? No, ends?
1: RBI is a word unto itself. We're in America, aren't we? we are. And RBI is not. It's not an act. It's not a. It's not initials. RBI is an RBI. That's as simple as that.
2: All right, I live in the world of numbers here. I'm going to stake my claim that it's RBI. We'll, All right, we'll now, visit it another time. And I'm
1: going to stake my claim that anyone who says that annoys me no end. <laughs> Give me one more.
2: All right, Green, the Cubs have gone from being a likely seller to a likely buyer over the last three weeks. They've won each of their last five series of three or more games, and over that time, the Cubs' bullpen has allowed only 10 earned runs over 65 innings. These guys are really, really good right now. About a month ago, I thought for sure they'd be selling at the trade deadline. Not so fast.
1: Yeah, there was all this, I saw all of this, will they trade Chris yeah. Bryant stuff. Now all of a sudden, maybe they're <laughs> going to try and make a run at the division. That's the green light with Hembo, the three things from baseball you need to know. And I, I, I guess, Nuno, is it congratulations that are in order for Hembo? I'm not sure, but you were telling us that Tony LaRussa is on the pregame radio show. Well, I won't tell the story. You tell us what happened with Tony Larusa.
0: So Tony during we carried the White Sox Yankees Saturday game, and Roxy Bernstein, who was doing the play by play, sat down with Larusa before the game, and he and Roxy asked him about this week, and then Tony brought up. He said, "Hey, I don't know if." You know, have you seen this? But I was given this stat of the zero, you know, 0 for 157 on swing. You know, no one has swung in the last 20 years up by 10, and like my heart sank when I <laughs> when I heard that. <laughs> and I text Hembo, and I was like, I don't know why I'm doing this because we know what's going to happen. It's feeding the eagle.
1: So basically, Man. Tony Larusa just cited a stat from Hembo unknowingly, and that's the second time this has happened this week. Tony Larusa did it. Chris Russo did it on this show. Chris Mad Dog Russo, not knowing that Hembo was sitting next yeah. to me and not knowing it came from him, said, "You know, I saw this stat, at greeny. <laughs> I, I saw a stat that 457 opportunities. No one ever swung at that pitch. No one swung at that greeny. And and and, and now they're, they're doing it. I don't understand what the hell they're doing. And that's a Hembo stat. So let me ask you, mm. how do you feel about Tony Larusa and Chris Russo?" So sometimes we talk about old school. Yeah. By baseball age, I'm not talking about their actual age. But if you combine their old school quotient, they're like 200 years oh, old. Oh, easily.
2: They are Connie Mac on steroids. That's, like,
1: your, that's your that's your, rooting section. And that,
2: <laughs> and that is why I was celebrating so hard at my wife's birthday party on Saturday oh
1: night. Oh, my God. We have to at some point. I don't know how we do it. We don't have like a show address. I got to post some of these videos. Tell Lizzie to send them to me. Hembo's wife's 30th birthday party was just a drunk fest. I've never seen anything like it. Hembo looks like a a lunatic. I don't even know what to say. You're dancing. Somewhat. Mark Madsen right now is saying, boy, that's some terrible dancing. We continue in just a moment.